Welcome to the Visible Coaches podcast. I'm Angela Durant and you'll meet Anka Herman a little later. Between us, we have 30 years of business experience. We've started and grown our businesses from nothing but an idea, learning to play to our strengths as introverts in what often feels like an extrovert world. If you have ever felt any resistance to how others tell you you have to market yourself or bear your soul on social media just to get clients, then this podcast is for you. We know the unique challenges that introverted coaches face when it comes to selling their services. So if you're ready to learn how to spot those golden opportunities right under your nose, clarify your message, nurture that market and get more business coming your way, all without sacrificing your energy levels or well-being, then plug your AirPods in and let's go. Well, welcome to the Visible Coaches podcast with Angela and Anka. Have you ever heard the phrase, it's not just what you say, it's the way you say it, or it's how you say it? Well, that's our topic for today. And very much your nonverbal communication is telling more of the story than sometimes the words that you are saying themselves. And we're going to be talking about public speaking, presenting, the importance of that, and what's hidden behind that. So, Anka, I'd love you I'd love to hear from you first, because this has been my bag for a long, long time. So it's good to hear a different perspective because I could just bang my drum for forever on this topic. But how do you see that playing out about it's not just what you say, it's how you say it? I think it's one of those important things to pay attention to that are horribly undervalued, underestimated, ignored, sometimes because we're not really aware of it. But, um, you know, sometimes we just, sometimes we kind of think, we think we're doing fine. (laughs) You know, like I do remember videos that I did, you know, when I, when, you know, when you come across when Facebook throws an old video in your face and, and I remember this video feeling all like smug and like, you know, (laughs) and then now like, you know, a few late years later, I'm listening to some like, oh, cringeworthy. <laughs> you know, sometimes I actually listen literally to the kind of all the old sewing courses I recorded. And, you know, I was very proud of myself at the time. You know, now I'm listening to it. I was like, it's really choice and it's really annoying to listen to. You know, like, <laughs> and then there's others where I try to be all, all calm. And then I'm like, you feel you're kind of falling asleep. And it's really fascinating how much of a difference that actually makes. You know, and you find it when you even look, watch, like sometimes on Spanish television, there'll be somebody reading the news where you think, oh, it's kind of annoying to listen to. And it's really hard to pay attention when somebody presents in a way that isn't connecting, that isn't engaging. So I think, yeah, it's, and I know how important it is. You can see, like, if you, if you learn a foreign language, like, yeah, you know, you know how people always say you understand a lot more than you can say? Well, because you pick up a lot from how it's said, even when you don't understand the words. And, you know, your dogs understand you without the words. So I think there is so much more. And linguists, they kind of all agree. They say, like, you know, the actual words are just like a tiny, tiny under 10% um, of, of the communication. So I think we should pay as much attention as we can to how we say things. That's really interesting. It sent me off in a wonderful couple of directions. The first one is, 
actually, it reminds me of how I taught people to be confident performers when I used to teach singing and how that is important around the speaking journey. One of the things that I get quite irked about when I get on places like LinkedIn, etc., when people put a post up and they put something like, I'm going to do my first talk or I'm about to do my talk and and I'm feeling a bit nervous, you know, and and everybody piles in with the post, oh, just be yourself. And well, there's various, there's various versions of yourself, really, isn't there? There's the one that just gets up in the morning that's grabbing a coffee. There's, that's a version of yourself with your hair all over the place, you know, and hairs on your chin and, and nothing's actually, you know, nothing's been dealt with. <laughs> you know, and there's the version of you where you're going out on a Saturday night or you're going to a wedding where every part of the detail has been taken care of because you know you're going to be on a wedding photo. And so they're, they're both versions of you. So being yourself is a, a multi a multi kind of areaed uh, thing, really. So that's why it irks me. Um, and, it, and the interesting thing that I have noticed now is that because there's so many more people online and because there's so many more opportunities to speak from podcasts to interviews, to do short videos, to lives, to all sorts of manner of stuff, I think the bar has been set higher around speaking than it ever has before. We're used to people speaking to us. We are in a media society, whereas say when Dale Carnegie wrote, you know, his um, public speaking training, the only places that majority of people spoke was a live platform somewhere to a an audience sat there like a lecture hall. And I think public speaking has evolved. I think the whole way that we're speaking has evolved it's no surprise to me that when the algorithm is looking on a video and it's looking for anything past 10 seconds of engagement it classes as as an engagement well why we haven't even got our content out then we haven't even we've we haven't even got past hello because there's a brilliant quote by um an acting coach called patsy rodenberg and i quote this everywhere in all of my training and, and she said in her book called presence before you even enter a room, and and we can say Zoom at the same time as this online or offline room when she before she wrote it because it was two thousand and twelve when she wrote it, or two thousand and nine I think actually. Um, before you end or as you even enter a room to speak, people around you have already made their decisions whether to lend you their ears or give you their respect. And whenever I bring that out in a corporate training or a different environment, and I just let it hang in the air. People think about it and they stop for a moment and they go, well, of course, it's that first impression. We're always making some level of filter and judgment from that. So when I used to train singers, there's a place for giving people an opportunity to just wet their feet. Because if you had to wait until you were perfect, you'd never get out there. If you had to wait until you were really master of, of your craft, you, where do you start? And that is another problem. So that's where people could labor or label it. Well, uh, you know, it, getting out there and being yourself is important. And it absolutely is. But I think there's a place to do that in a, a more smaller microscopic environment where the feedback that you're going to get is helpful to start with where you just get your confidence up so I used to do that with singers by putting on a small concert and I'd invite their friends and family so it gave them an experience of actually doing it to people but it wasn't out to the general public so much that they were going to get criticized and it was going to wipe out their confidence before they even started 
if I put them out on the general public when they really were just learning, they'd have been they'd have just wiped wiped their confidence out. But at the same point, we can't leave them in that small environment because if we do, then they get an unrealistic expectation of their abilities. So we have to start putting them into more, maybe a bit like the lion's den, more and more and more. So they get used to being able to come up higher and work out what that higher level of ability actually is for them to go forward. So I wanted to just try and make that distinction between how you say it, because I think it matters. And I think it matters in different environments. And so depending on where you start, you have to decide, are you you know, quite confident as a speaker and it's time to come up higher? Or are you unconfident as a speaker and avoiding it and actually stepping into a place with some skills is gonna be the way forward? I think that practice piece, I think that is such a, because I think people are so often holding them back, holding themselves back or don't go out at all because I'm not perfect. You know, and I think that willingness to create crap videos, like, you know, to actually practice and put yourself in a situation, you know, as you were saying, these kind of like, not, not you know, you don't want to kind of go out fully unprepared when you have a big opportunity to speak on, on a big stage, virtual or, or live, doesn't really matter, you know? So, but you do need to put yourself in situations where you can practice, you know, you start, I guess, you but just like with a, you know, Facebook Live, the first one you do, it's just for yourself, right? Just get over it. And then you share it in your Facebook group where you have just a few people that, you know, that know you who, where you can expect goodwill, you know, and then you kind of slowly expand that that circle of, you know, and be and you get more and more comfortable, even if you're not from if the people who are speaking to don't know you yet, you know. But I think it's that gradual, it's that learning, and you need that learning, and you need to, you know, you need to see when people, you know, when you see you talk and you think, <laughs> and you've seen people's eyes glaze over on you, and I think you need that feedback, you, you know, because you can't you can't get better. And uh, and even even people who are now recognised as brilliant speakers, like I remember my Marie Folio says, "Oh yeah, no, my first videos are horrendous," you know, and she leaves them up there so you can see the the evolution, you know, and everybody has the evolution. So even if you kind of feel whatever you whatever comes out is not up to scratch, well, it never will be right out of the gate. It's a skill; it has to be learned, it has to be practiced practice and you need to you know pay attention to it and and you know slowly expose yourself to more and more opportunities to actually practice and get better whatever it just reminds me tell you what it reminds me of all those hollywood actors when they go on um chat shows and they show an early clip of them when they were first coming out in maybe a commercial or an early film and they start cringing on the sofa but you can see that where they are now and where they started, I mean, what if they actually didn't start? What if they oh, just thought, well, what if they didn't start? And the other piece I want to just add in here, it's about the how, you know, just it's how you how you say it. So there's a practical way that you say it. I mean, my my father was a comedian 
And I grew up on the side of most UK British stages in the 1970s, watching famous comedians. So if you're listening to this and you're from some other part of the world, that you maybe Google it, but play people like Frank Carson, who was a top UK comedian. And there was something really important about when we're talking about that first instant engagement. And they walked out onto the stage and the way that they walked out of the stage, they were leading the show before they even said a word. There was a presence they had they they were in the zone before they'd even said a word and they were connecting with their audience on an energetic level that before a joke had even been told and by the time they told a joke if you've ever sat in front of a new comedian you've got about 20 to 30 seconds and if you haven't made anybody laugh in that time you're probably going to have a very tough time to win that crowd round they are willing you to, to do well, but if you don't make them laugh, if you don't impact them quickly enough and, and show them why it's worth giving you any more of their precious time and attention, then they're going. you're going to have a hard time. You're going to feel that disconnect. When we're online, we don't see it. It just goes off into the ether. When you're in front of an audience, you feel it. And particularly if you're in front of an audience that doesn't have to like you. And I think it's a bit like looking at that role of kind of if, if you thought, I mean, for me, even the thought of even standing up and trying to tell jokes to people just fills me with absolute dread, even though I watched it as a child. I can't think of anything worse. But I think going online is a little bit like that is because it's it's a noisy highway. And if we haven't been able to craft that beginning to make it really impactful in the first 10 to 20 seconds for somebody, we're going to suffer from all of that wonderful courage that you got up to actually do the thing in the first place. Great, you've got the courage up, but if you want to actually make more use of your time, effort and money even doing it, then it's really it, the how, the, the, the energetics of the how, the practice of the how, the first 30 seconds of the how, that starts to become more and more important. And actually very, very successful people start measuring that and they start looking at which videos have the most engagement and why. And generally it's going to happen within the first 20 seconds because of the title and the way that somebody is actually saying it and showing up. Yeah, totally. I mean, we've all seen these videos, you know, when somebody comes on, hi, it's me. And, you know, it's a lovely weather. And I'm like, you kind of go on before they ever even say what it's about. So I think that's actually one of the things that I always tell people in a lot of contexts. And I think it's a really helpful one here as well, is when you want to get better as a speaker, pay attention to other speakers, like really watch yourself. You know, when somebody start, like, starts to talk, are you kind of your eyes, are your eyes glazing over and then like go back like, okay, this was boring. Why? Yeah. You know, if somebody really catches your attention and you just kind of can't wait for like, you're just literally on the edge of your seat the entire time, like go back and think about like, why was yeah. this so, you know, um, appealing and engaging for you? And I think you'll learn a lot by just being a conscious viewer or listener. Well, absolutely. So, that's your that's your task this 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 week as well as anything else is to go and observe observe where you're bored observe why you're bored because if if you feel that then others will be feeling that at the same point that you're feeling it and that's one of the first places is to start to even become aware that this is a thing and then obviously we've got lots of opportunities for you to come and join us to improve that um, and you'll hear more of that as you go along so until next time take care Take care.
thanks for tuning in to the Visible Coaches Podcast. If you've ever felt the pressure to market yourself in ways that don't align with your true nature, this podcast is your sanctuary. If you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, make sure to subscribe to the Visible Coaches Podcast on your favorite platform. And we would really be grateful if you could leave us a review. Your feedback means the world to us and it helps us reach more introverted coaches like you. Visit thevisiblecoachespodcast.com now. That's thevisiblecoachespodcast.com. Let's continue to embrace our introverted strength, create meaningful connections and make waves in the coaching world. Until next time.